0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Primate Cast. The release date for today's podcast, number 36 in our series with the Primate Cast, is Wednesday, September the 30th, 2015. Now, before going any further, I do have to apologize for the rather lengthy interim we had between the last podcast and today's. Now, if anyone paid attention, the last podcast was done with high school student Nina Negi. And for anyone interested, she is now doing very well in her new school in Costa Rica. And as for the Primate cast, be happy to know that we are back and we have a number of podcasts lined up uh, for the rest of this fall. So in today's podcast, I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Cecile Sarabian as she walks you through another episode of Conservation Voices. There's not really a lot for me to go on and on about, so... I will just leave you with her, and I'll come back at the very end just to wrap things up for you.
1: Hello everyone, this is Conservation Voices for the Primatecast. I'm Cécile Sarabian. On this episode, we will learn about chimpanzee conservation at the Ngamba Island Chimpanzee Sanctuary in Uganda. Last March, during the Primatology and Wildlife Science Annual Symposium at Kyoto University, I was lucky enough to meet one of the five leading women conservationists of Uganda.
2: Uganda is the source of the longest river in the world, River Nile. The source starts from Uganda. Uganda has the second largest freshwater lake in the world, Lake Victoria. It's in Uganda. Uganda has the second highest mountain with snow kept right at the equator. Uganda has two of the great apes, the mountain gorillas, the chimpanzees. My name is Lilia Jarova. I work with a non-governmental organization called the Chimpanzee Sanctuary and Wildlife Conservation Trust, commonly known as the Chimpanzee Trust, and I work as the executive director coordinating all the different programs implemented by the organization how
1: your interest for conservation
2: and education started my work with conservation really started when i was 6 years old uh, which was the year that i started school and uh, my first study tour was to one of the national parks in uganda my falls national park and my first encounter with wildlife was with an elephant a mother elephant that had given birth to a baby it was It was so pretty to look at it, you know, trying to take care of the baby, but at the same time it looked so huge, so big, you know, it was like a big mountain, and it was so tiny, six-year-old, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is giant. but uh, what really caught my attention was that the teacher who was with us, taking us for the study tour, uh, was taking photographs, photograph and at some point totally got lost in what he was doing and moved closer and closer to the elephant, which didn't go very well because the elephant felt um, she was at risk with her baby and really charged at all of us, you know, blew the trumpet, got mud and water and sprinkled on all of us which was really quite scary but I did take a lesson from it that um, everyone needs their own respect everyone needs their own space and it's something that I have lived through within life but I think it was a, po- a starting point for me to know that there was something I needed to learn about wildlife is something I needed to follow after that experience uh, which I have been doing with different wildlife species from the elephants to mountain gorillas to uh, lions and now with chimpanzees. My journey in terms of career really started in the tourism industry once I finished doing the tourism uh, Training. I started working with a tour company, and um, then I moved on to work with the Uganda Wildlife Authority in the tourism development. And my first job was to get the mountain gorillas in Uganda organized for tourism. So I had to work with the researchers, the field staff, to get the gorillas habituated, bearing in mind that there has to be respect, so in my developing the the protocol and the rules for what the tourists could do, what the guides could do and could not do, you know, really, again, came from my experience of six-year-old, give them their respect, yes, it's nice to, you know, to watch it's nice to observe what they're doing. It's nice to learn from them because there are lots that we can learn from wildlife, but give them the due respect. And after I got the gorilla tourism you know, going, established, and then I worked with the researchers who were habituating chimpanzees as well for tourism. With the working with Chimps in the wild, that got me really in close contact, and I must say, I fell in love with the Chimps and I felt like, okay, there was, I just needed more time. And when the opportunity to work with the sanctuary came, I thought that was it.
1: You insisted during your talk that education is primarily important, and that through this education and environmental program, you not only give the opportunity to the children to learn, but also to take action.
2: I personally believe that uh, knowledge is very good, yeah, and when we are talking environmental education to adults, I think changing attitude and behaviour, to me, take a generation at the least. Yeah, and we don't have time for that. So to me, the target is to deal with the young people, you know, whose mindset can still be put in the right direction at the young stage, such that as they grow up, they have the right attitude, they have the right behavior towards their natural environment. The environmental education program that we implement, is not just creating knowledge, but getting these children to act, yeah. If we are talking about soil, if we are talking about trees, if we are talking about energy, they have to be able to learn the skill of doing something about those topics. You know, how do they improve on soil fertility? How do they best sustainably use whatever resource they, the natural resource they have? They should be able to learn it now. If they can't learn to plant trees now, yeah, it will be a struggle to do it when they are adults. If they can't learn you know, to save energy now, it will be a struggle for them to do it. And they will not be able to do it because they will not be able to pass it on to their children as well. And then it becomes a generational problem.
1: In August, I took the opportunity of a primatology field school organized in Uganda to visit the Chimpanzee Trust at the Ngamba Island Chimpanzee Sanctuary and meet with Dr. Titus Mukungu, the sanctuary manager and resident veterinarian.
3: At the sanctuary, we have uh, 48 chimpanzees, Uh, though in 1998 we started with uh, 19 chimpanzees. Uh, But this is uh, a rescue and rehabilitation center. So, most of these chimpanzees are orphaned, and uh, apart from two that were accidentally born at the sanctuary. Uh, the chimpanzees that we have at the, uh, at the sanctuary, most of them come from western part of Uganda, but some came from uh, neighboring countries like the Democratic Republic of Congo, southern Sudan. The sanctuary is uh, 100 acres and island. And uh, it has uh, 95 acres, which are used by the chimpanzees during the day. And the 95 acres are divided into three enclosures, the dawn, the dusk, and the forest enclosure. The forest enclosure is where they stay during the day, playing. And then the other other two enclosures, the dawn and the dusk enclosures, are used for integration purposes. As a sanctuary we have uh, projects that we uh, that we are doing one in the communities neighboring the sanctuary but also in the communities under uh, our, our field program because we also have uh, we realized that most of the teams come from western part of Uganda and their are areas their are forests that are are not are protected by the government, and so these forests belong to private uh, forest owners, who use these forests for various activities. They clear them for settlement, for culture, and so the chimps remain with no uh, no habitat, and this has increased this increased the uh, the human wildlife conflict in these areas, and so there was a lot of. In, uh, info of, chimpa- of uh, restricted chimpanzees from these areas. So as, a, as an organization, we had to start up uh, a project in western part of Uganda, specifically in Hoima, uh, to encourage these private forest owners to conserve the forest for the chimpanzees, but also for their own benefit. And uh, so in those communities, we also reach out to the communities uh, near those areas where we are working especially to schools, uh, to encourage uh, the younger generation, because they're the future conservationists, to conserve the forests and also to love chimpanzees. And then also in the communities neighbouring the sanctuary, uh, we reach out to the women groups and encourage them to make crafts, to earn a living and these crafts are sold at an uh, at the iron shop at the sanctuary and they get the money that comes out of these uh, crafts that are sold to the visitors. Uh, but also uh, we get some friends from uh, especially from the U.S. who buy directly from these uh, women groups. Uh, visitors who come to visit us at the sanctuary, depending on the period they are spending at the sanctuary, we take them to these communities to see, uh, to meet these women, but also to meet the children who are living on these islands, and some of them have picked interest and have started projects. One of the recent projects is the hospital project, which was started by a friend of Namba, who came to visit and was taken there, and she picked the interest of establishing a, a, a hospital for these communities. Another project is the water project, and it was also started by uh, a friend who came to visiting Amba. And uh, she started this uh, project to provide clean water and safe water to to these communities. Otherwise, before they used to take water directly from the lake, which presupposes them to cystosomiasis um, and other diseases that are uh, are waterborne. Um, in addition to that, we also have a school uh, program uh, where we reach out to these uh, schools in these uh, neighboring islands, uh, and we encourage these pupils at uh, these schools to plant trees and also you know, sort to of construct energy-saving stores and uh, minimize on the amount of charcoal that are used for cooking, hence saving the forest. Uh, we do receive some research, because we have a research uh, policy as, an, as a sanctuary whereby we encourage people to do research, but non invasive research. They do uh, behavioural research, so we get uh, students from the uh, Max Planck Institute, which is found in Germany, and these students come twice in a year to do uh, research on the chimpanzees. They are mostly uh, psychology ecology students. And uh, they test the chimpanzees on different uh, uh, behaviours, like uh, the ability of these chimps to work together. Uh, they do the same research in uh, children, but uh, this is done in, uh, when they go back to
1: Germany.
3: <laughs> As an organisation, we don't have much support that we get from the government of Uganda. So our support depends on people who... To visit us, uh, the visitors, and then also the donors. So I just uh, uh, call upon anyone who has any, anything to do for the sanctuary, for the chimpanzee at the sanctuary, to donate towards their welfare. But also encourage those uh, institutions that are involved in primate research um, for possible collaboration so that they can come and, you know, and do research but also pay us a little money as a search fee and in that way they will be supporting the chimpanzees at the sanctuary. And then also we can, they can, uh, we can be followed on social media, uh, Facebook, uh, on Twitter, and uh, other social media platforms.
0: So that was Cecile Sarabian with Conservation Voices, giving us interviews with Dr. Lily Adjarova and Dr. Titus Makungu of the Ngamba Island Chimpanzee Sanctuary and Chimpanzee Trust. To find out more about their activities, do visit them online at www.ngambaisland.org. That's N-G-A-M-B-A-I-S-L-A-N-D. Consider clicking on the Donate button, or if you happen to be in the area, even better, do pop in and support them that way. So on behalf of Cecile, Conservation Voices and the Primate Cast, I'd like to sincerely thank our guests for giving us their time and also their continued efforts in conservation of Ugandan wildlife. Until the next time, which I do promise is not going to be as far away as the last one, thanks for listening to the Primate Cast.
2: You have been listening to the Primate Cast, a podcast series dedicated to the study and conservation of primates around the world. Brought to you by the Centre for International Collaboration and Advanced Studies in Primatology at the Primate Research Institute of Kyoto University. Visit us online at www.cicasp.pri.kyoto-u.ac.jp forward news podcasts and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward theprimatecast and on Twitter at the PrimateCast.